0: The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb.
1: It is 8.06 here on The Morning Jam. We always love to have them. Dr. Bob Denton on the line. Good morning, Dr. Bob.
2: Good morning.
1: Boy, all kinds of fun stuff's happened since we talked to you last, but we want to address some of these uh, these state ra- races that are, I guess the immediate is the most important. It's coming up here pretty quickly and talk about what it's looking like for a possible Republican takeover of the, uh, the House and the Senate here in Virginia.
2: <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, if we look at the financial reports, we certainly see that uh, the Democrats' are money is coming in from out of state and within the state. Uh, this is going to be a kind of a marquee year, and certainly it's kind of a bellwether. People are setting up the elections that way. You know, when you get right down to it, though, uh, what's interesting is that there's only about five competitive Senate seats, about 14 House competitive races, and most of those are in the Hampton Roads and Virginia Beach area. Um, But there's no question that there's a lot of it um, at stake in terms of these fall elections. In 2017, the last time both of them were, uh, last time both the House and the Senate there was about two hundred and four million dollars that were spent.
3: Mm.
2: Right now, we're on, This is going to be the most expensive ever. Some analysts say it may knock on the door of three hundred million. I know that it looked like Democrats had an advantage in this quarter, but remember, Governor Youngkin has about twenty-five. Some say he'll top out at about thirty million. A lot of money that right now, going up to the election, will come into the state. So this will be. Probably the most expensive um, elections in Virginia's history in terms of the Senate and delegates. But you're really talking about only five or Senate seats and 14 in the House. Three kind of out in our broad area, South Side and Southwest Virginia. But otherwise, it's just incredible to think of the the money Mm. that will be spent and that has been spent.
1: Well, Cardinal News had a story earlier in the week and and we talked about it a little bit cuz they do such a great in-depth job on every story. It's hard to it's hard to cover it in a in a short segment, but but they were saying that a lot of these Democrats are are outraising the Republican uh, person in in you know in the race. So there there seems to be lots and lots of money for Democrats.
2: There certainly is and there will be. Um, I think that you'll At the end of the day, I think you're going to see some pretty good parity. The money is absolutely there. Uh, Last week, I was uh, at the Board of Visitors meeting at Virginia State University there in the Richmond area. And, you know, I haven't even received but one piece of mail. I haven't seen any television ads or what have you. Well, man, when I was there in Richmond, I mean, it is already full campaigns. Right. Every commercial was uh, having to do with uh, some of the races there. And, of course, we know that voting starts tomorrow, Yeah, early voting. Mm-hmm. And so it was really a shock to my system to see that, wow, there are parts within the Commonwealth, again, Hampton Roads and Virginia Beach and some of the other key races, man, they're already just full-blown in terms of advertising mm-hmm. now
3: mm-hmm.
2: and in the races. And so, yes, you're going to see a lot of outside additional money Uh come in on both sides, quite frankly, and that's what's going to make it one of the most expensive uh, in Virginia's history.
1: I'm just curious, because you said, you know, they're kind of looking at us, our state is a bellwether, and if, if the Republicans do, and let's say they just get squeaked by and have enough to give Youngkin that majority, um, how we know that that's important, but on a national scale, how important, and will the media downplay it if it it does go Yunkin's way? Because they don't want Yunkin to get any real good press because, you know, he's got a future in politics if he so chooses.
2: Well, it's an interesting question um, from the standpoint that the reason is somewhat of a bellwether. It's before the next big election. And so what messaging worked? Is it primarily abortion or Mm -hmm. is it the kitchen table kinds of issues, parental rights as well as it relates to education. So it's a primer for the next year in terms of operationalizing messaging and what's effective. In terms of Governor Youngkin, it is critical because he will only, you only have, because you can't succeed Mm -hmm. yourself, he only has one budget, and that's next year. And if he's going to have some real Marquee kinds of things that he can point to. He's only got one more shot. Mm -hmm. But what's the big question mark here is that all these districts are different. We have all new, we cannot really have the history of predictability. Mm. And so um, a lot of these are plus or minus 5%. And that's why, of course, he's pushing out, yes, Republicans, get out there and vote Mm -hmm. early. These are the rules we've been given. But it's For him to, even as governor, it's important. The House, it looks like it should, if we look at normal turnout predictions, the House probably might, has a good odds leaning toward Republican. The Senate, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Mm. Um, And I don't think you would have to say now that um, it could be competitive. But there's certainly no Republican advantage in terms of the Senate. So that's the real critical in those five, some of those Senate races. That's where a lot of focus and attention. So it's important from a national standpoint in terms of, okay, what worked? What's the messaging? Is there a path forward for Republicans as it relates to Youngkin? Second, it's very important because Youngkin, if he's going to have a successful, have some marquee kind of legislation going forward, he needs control at least Mm parity in terms of the Senate and keep the House. And from just speculation, if it happens, he's already going to be in the top five, just discussion about, okay, is he another alternative? Because right now, DeSantis and others are not prevailing. If you look at Iowa, New Hampshire, and some of the polls there, even nationally, it is so dominated by Trump, 58 to 60% so, yeah, there would be national speculation as it relates to Youngkin.
4: So when it comes to the presidential race, uh, Mike Pence has started talking about uh, how Republicans are going to have to face a choice. And we're hearing the term populism uh, versus conservatism uh, being brought up. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, um, I have to say... And again, I'm old. <laughs> so, um, resume used to matter.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, your, your resume, what you've done, consistency as you approach issues that would matter. And that's about your political philosophy, ideology, there are certain Your principles. values.
4: Uh, yeah. All right.
2: Exactly. exactly. Your values. It's hard to see in this kind of narcissistic cultural mess we're in, mm. You don't see the consistency there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Pence, is, look, I admire him greatly. I do too. I think, he, I think he is a conservative. But he just will not have the traction. But in terms of someone who would be ideologically consistent, he is right. He is a genuine conservative. Right. Mitt Romney, you look at some of that. Um, excuse me, let me... Turn off that phone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh you're good. No um, problem. So there is a distinction there, but it seems that this populism, not so much values, not so much consistency, cannot really articulate what you would say is um, ideologically consistent in, in terms of issues, approaches. I mean,
4: where approaches. did this come from? Is it just a, a reflection of uh, of where our society has gone, about how we, we that character doesn't seem to matter anymore?
2: It's certainly about television, mm. top-of-mind awareness, uh, popularity. Mm. Um, you know, it used to be... Bright, shiny say, things. <laughs> yes. And, you know, television, behind that, it, it, it started impacting who runs and who's elected. Yeah, way back in terms of really emphasis in terms of the '60s, and we see Kennedy and Nixon. There you go. It has changed politics for sure. But remember, the millennials now number one voting bloc, Generation Z, uh, the most vocal (laughs) uh, generation since the '60s in terms of uh, of national and cultural things. And so, it's short term. It's reactive rather than reflective, Um, and it's just stimulus response, Um, push an attitude one way in terms or the other, Um, and you're susceptible to that if you don't have core belief, attitudes, and values yourself. And do I dare point a finger toward education? Well, yeah, I don't want to do that because I'll be in trouble and I'll get bad email <laughs> for the next week. But oh, you're, schools, you're a
4: big boy. You can handle that.
2: <laughs> yes, Lord, have mercy. But anyway, <laughs> so it goes back to what we're teaching in a public education. Right. Because for a democracy, the public has to be informed to make informed decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so critical in a democracy. Um, and we're just kind of in a cultural uh, chaos right now, it seems to me.
4: Yeah, I agree with that. It just seems to be where we are. Well, one
1: one one last question. Do you think there is any traction, and will it even make a difference if this impeachment inquiry moves forward uh, with, with Biden? Do you see this becoming an issue? In other words, and I'll even give you a, a little accent, question to that what gets biden out of there is it going to be this or is it just going to be his his failing capacity to do the job
2: i think that if republicans are going to play that impeachment card they may energize the democratic base just like Mm -hmm. with each indictment in terms of trump i don't think this is very beneficial per se i do there's a part of me that doesn't understand how in the world that Biden will run mm-hmm. or what the options are, but the clock is ticking. It's hard for me to believe with all the legal issues and troubles as it's confronted by Trump, how he could be successful mm-hmm. and run. I just can't get my head around. This is our alternatives. I'm certainly intrigued by the no labels, Mm-hmm. Um I just think that there're things that we just don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. I put a seatbelt in my desk chair because <laughs> this is going to be a rough ride this fall. Oh my oh. word.
4: It, I, it is. I mean, I think I think there's some landmines out there oh, even gosh, even yeah. in our local mm-hmm. elections yeah. and uh in the Virginia elections. Oh, we didn't ask him about the girl in Richmond. Oh. Gosh, can we? Yeah, is there any way you can hang around just just for one more question? We'll make
1: it a short segment.
4: Well,
0: sure, absolutely. All right, let's. Yeah, we gotta ask him about that.
1: All right, we'll go into break here real quick and be back with Dr. Bob. uh, A holdover today here on the The
0: morning morning jam with Janet and Mark.
1: Remember when driving was fun? Mabry Auto Group, home of the million mile warranty, focuses on making car shopping easy. Hey, Dr. Bob, uh, we got we got we got you in the queue right now. Um, we're going to ask you about that crazy lady that had the videos and and the yes. whole thing and the tokens and all that silliness. But uh, so we're going to just give you that heads up and we'll, we'll come out of break and talk and, about and that. And my
4: my question to you is going to be, is that going to hurt her at all or is that going to help her win? Yeah, especially in Richmond.
2: Yeah. And see, that's that's where we are today. Yeah. You know? That
4: is where we are, and Joe Morrissey is a prime example of that.
2: Yeah.
1: Exactly. All right, we'll exactly. come out we'll come yeah. out of break maybe with Barry White or something. I don't know. <laughs> 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 All right, oh, we'll Lord. see you here in about two minutes. You'll never find.
0: <laughs> The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. You'll never
2: find as long as Someone who loves you
5: like
4: I, do. I have it on high authority this is the theme song for uh, for some of our virginia candidates in richmond I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure oh yeah baby, <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs>
2: So you are. Now Mark, you know that you've got some old video somewhere and I don't don't pretend like you do.
4: I know he could have a political career. Used to that would ruin your career, but not anymore.
2: I tell you what. Um, I feel like
4: uh, Dr. Bob, um my kids used to watch SpongeBob when they were little and there was an episode called Opposite Day, you know, where everything was just exactly the opposite of the way it was supposed to be. I feel like that's where we are now.
2: Well, you know, um, it was Bill Clinton who made the case that, look, what's private is private, Mm. and what is public is public, and there's a separation there. And I found that no, not when it comes as it relates to belief, attitudes, and values, and behavior in terms of leadership. And I actually wrote a book encountering that clinton argument called moral leadership in american presidency Mm. Well, who are you to talk about moral leadership well look come on it is about the character you don't want your minister to have as we see some scandals Mm -hmm. living one life privately and publicly thinking because it's not genuine it's not authentic and so we really have a crisis in terms of that well but but this
4: woman this Susanna gibson out of richmond because you know you made the the case that Clinton said you know what's private is private. This woman is putting sex videos up to the public. I mean, pay per view
2: stuff. Yes, yes, and is proud of it. Evidently. Oh, I
4: oh mean, and not only that. As can be. Right. She and as a matter of fact, her quote was. This won't intimidate me and won't silence me. My political opponent and their Republican allies have proven they're willing to commit a sex crime to attack me and my family because there's no line they won't cross to silence women when they speak up. What is going on?
2: Yeah, it's... Um, I, and it's going to work, isn't it? Well, in our culture today, it might very well be the case. Yeah. To be defiant, mm-hmm. uh, take the other side. There is no shame. But, you know, when we look at a lot of these, it puts people into a box. Because if you come out and challenge that and say, well, I'm sorry, you have children. As a parent, what are your responsibility? Um, we say you shouldn't have loaded guns in the house, unprotected, unlocked with children. You shouldn't be doing things like that that relates to potentially your family and uh, the exposure. I mean, I, I just it's just irresponsible. Um, but I can't fathom. But certainly, less than 20 years ago, that alone would have someone to get out of the race. Mm-hmm. But now, it's so defiant. We see that in a lot of the political. Um, there, there's uh, just no,
4: there's no sense of shame uh, when, when something like that is done. I mean, especially in Richmond. I mean, look at Joe Morrissey. I mean, had an affair with his intern, 17 years old. You know, she ended up, you know, while he was married, he got disbarred not once but twice. And and he's back in the
2: assembly. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. well, What is... Yes. I don't know. It's, it's the cultural morass that we're in. Mm-hmm. But that's the real challenge, isn't it, going forward. And the problem is, if you speak out then you become a target. And what it does, it shuts people down. Um, I have learned that the hard way uh, <laughs> through my <laughs> my many years, uh, and certainly dealing in higher education. Um, it it, um, it can be a tough playing field for yeah. sure.
1: Well, I know that, that there are folks like you out there, uh, Dr. Bob, and we're grateful. Uh, for that, because it, there, there still are some, some little pockets of sanity out there in the education system, in the politics, and and in the culture. But it seems to be few and far between.
4: All right, All right. And if we but don't get best. younger generations to 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 kind of have a revival of sorts yeah. and realize that it does matter, mm-hmm. the choices you make they do matter. Yeah. Regardless, if if you have an R or a D. Yeah, your name. yeah, it
1: doesn't matter if you have an R or a D. We just we just yeah. want good solid people. Right. Doctor Bob, thank you so much for staying uh with us another segment.
2: Yeah. Oh my good goodness. You're always very kind. It's always a joy. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Doctor Bob Denton It's like getting double mint gum today.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's true. <laughs> I but I honestly I think I think she very well might 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 Bob, pull this it, off. It, but it's it's crazy. It's like Professional gaslighting mm, mm-hmm. is what it is. Right. For she, her to come out and didn't and,
1: she even use the term uh, revenge porn?
4: Oh yeah. And oh. she's the
1: one producing the porn.
4: Oh well, and she's using the term sex crime that they're they're the ones that are that are criminals. They're the ones right, right. doing what's wrong and immoral. Just, that it's, it's it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy.
4: And and it works. That's mm-hmm. what's even crazier. Mm-hmm. People just act like, well, you know, it's no big deal. Right. And it's doing more damage to our country, Mm -hmm. our families. Yes, absolutely. Just the damage that it's doing Mm -hmm. is is unbelievable. And and, and
1: we already know, thanks to our friend in uh, Colorado, it happens on both sides. Right. Our our congresswoman there.
4: Oh, yeah. Laura.
1: I hope she resigns. I really do.
4: She won't. She won't. She won't resign because they're no different. They they have no shame. Mm-hmm. They they'll make excuses for it. Sure,
1: I'm going through a divorce.
4: Right, they'll either make excuses for it. That's why I'm out in public with another man who's finally me in public. They'll they'll have found Jesus and they've changed their ways. Right, and they'll just be better at hiding it next time. Mm. I mean that we we see it. We see it all the right. time. Right, and people don't have a discernment anymore. Sure, it just doesn't doesn't exist because they don't value it like like he was saying yeah. kind of crazy all right uh, we've got some uh, some pretty uh, I still haven't gotten to the goodwill story yet I need to get to oh, that okay. one yeah yeah uh, about the lady who went into goodwill spent 25 bucks and walked away with a whole lot more wow. uh, than she bargained for so uh, we'll we'll talk about that um, and uh, we also have a story about a pastor who used chatbot to create a sermon. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Chatbot, huh? Yep.
1: Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to go out with Lou Rawls.
4: Because <laughs> I want to play the hits. That's right.
1: It is 829 CBS News Brief coming up.
5: Friday, skies turn mostly cloudy with cooler northeast
1: breezes. Highs hold in the 70s. For Saturday, areas of rain likely for us along with breezy conditions. Highs in the 60s.
4: And currently, we have pretty cloudy conditions throughout the listening area. Uh, looks like 63 degrees now in the Hill City, uh, 62 degrees in Bedford, 63 in the Star City, uh, 62 in Danville, 63 in Amherst, and 63 in Appomattox.
1: In the Roanoke area, the Jefferson Center needs six million dollars worth of repairs and things along those lines. It's a century-old theater. It's up and running, but they need to uh, do a few things like the electrical, the plumbing, roofing, and capital improvements uh, to make this place a little bit more uh, sustainable and, and, of course, um, you know, just really pretty to make it appealing to the eyes for all these events coming in Uh, they're asking for the money the city council is looking into the budget to see if there's any money that's available Uh, they're telling us that the uh, funds that they raise on a regular basis aren't enough to keep the building going and operate for more than uh, one year or two they're looking for some sustainable ways to raise money in partnership with the city to help that out, we talked about it in the first hour. Uh, I'd, I'd really like to see some, you know, some entrepreneurs and some maybe people that just really have loads of cash that they would like to put into good use. This is a good way to do it in the Roanoke area.
4: Well, there's a new shop opening up in downtown Lynchburg. It's called Thug Busters, <laughs> and it's a business that sells non-lethal self-defense devices. They're located on Commerce Street, just above the brand new Ghost Stop store. It's almost like, wow. it, like they got their names confused, I like know. Ghost Ghostbusters and Stop Thugs. I don't know. Uh, they're offering a variety of things, uh, ranging from pepper spray, stun guns, taser guns to alarms. Owners Dan and Lisa Neville started the Thug Busters to help students stay safe. They had been working at a nursing school and had students who would remark about feeling unsafe and unprotected. Mm-hmm. They were looking for a side gig, so they said, let's see if we can help these girls out. Interesting. The couple operated the business for over eight years mm-hmm. in New York, and then they moved to Lynchburg to reunite with their son. Okay. This is their first time having a physical storefront. They've traveled oh, okay. to trade shows. and. Right. Uh, their client base is mostly women. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys do buy the products, but lots of times they're buying it for for, for their, their wives. Or yeah. wives. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they said they had figured out the right product for the right person. They got to you got to match them up. Right. Uh, runners utilize smaller devices. Truck drivers can use bigger ones. Mm-hmm. The most popular product: a stun gun with an alarm on it. I wonder what the alarm does. I guess draws a lot of attention to yeah. wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, these come in a variety of shapes like lipstick, flash drives, and pens. I have a dagger comb. Really? Yeah, it looks like a, just a regular comb. Okay. It's got a dagger in it. How about that? Yes, indeedy. Wow. I got stuff everywhere. Man, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you mess with me, I'm not going down without a fight. That's all I'm saying. Don't
1: mess around with Jim or
4: Janice. Exactly.
1: A Jim Croshi's song. <laughs> uh,
4: they're they're going to start providing self defense awareness classes by the end of the year. They oh, said. Oh, cool. So that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, that's a new downtown business if you're looking. Because I used to have there's a place in uh, near Gatlinburg mm-hmm. that they carry things like that. And so when I would oh, go like and a buy that, little specialty shop. Yeah. They had like, well, it was the uh, like a big outlet there where they have you know lots of knives and oh i think like i know that. what you're talking about yeah, yeah, knife yeah. world or something yeah, yeah but they had a whole section like that and that's where i would go and buy those things that's
1: where i found my wallet oh not not the one i lost i found a brand new wallet oh, on the yeah, road you told
4: that story not that long yeah ago. and it lasted me for like five or six maybe seven well, years well i actually paid for my stuff
1: well i got mine free
4: yeah well, okay eight six
1: six nine one six three seven seven six don't mess around with janet you're on the morning
3: jam <laughs>
5: Yeah, I think that's Smoky Mountain's night work. Something right like there? that. Yeah. 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 But uh, I was just calling in on the politicians. I think they're just a representative of the culture now. That's
4: and, what Dr. I Bob mean, said, got, yeah.
5: Yeah, we got Christians doing bad things. We got people in the church getting divorced, and which I'm coming up on 30 years next, next year, but. You have to fight through those things and uh, everybody goes through a lot in a marriage. Sure. And whatnot. And and then we got all these people living together. We got, you know, and I I know there are a lot of single moms that have like three kids or four kids about four baby daddies and, well, and it's just it and it, it's and, it's, and it's accepted, yeah.
1: Yeah, we I mean we yeah, celebrate it mean, with T V shows. And,
5: all of this is accepted. I know both of y'all have been divorced, so I'm not mm-hmm. shooting out at that, but I know things happen because every marriage is tough. It is tough, and yeah. it's hard to actually stick in there when you've been wronged or the other persons have been wronged. And well,
4: well, there's a easy. there's a difference in, in getting a divorce um, because you've grown apart and getting a divorce because someone's unfaithful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are some things that are deal-breakers no, I mean, I mean, for people.
1: The... Yeah, that's the. the, Well,
4: sometimes you just have
5: to forgive the other person if that happens as well. You know, and
4: if they stop the uh, behavior, yes.
5: Yeah,
1: but repeat offenders is yeah, it's a different story. It's a different game. We're
5: all sinners, and we can all come to Jesus Christ. I mean, I've done bad things in my early twenties that I'm not. Like I said yesterday, I'm not a. I couldn't run for office because
4: actually you could you probably, could, you'd probably win yeah you just have to run as a yeah. democrat and go to richmond yeah well, you'd be fine
1: <laughs> thanks for the call alan yeah no i get it yeah there's i mean these this is a really the only i mean and the, here's the deal if you go back and study the, the the new testament old testament guys were divorcing their wives because they burnt the toast right i mean that's how ridiculous it got and yeah. you know and and there was this there was this option available for unfaithfulness to to divorce i mean that's that's the the one time that the scriptures you know give give you that yeah that legitimate reason now not everybody has and, and some people taken are taking that road and, and there's forgiveness and to, grace to and do all that.
4: that and and some people you know have a, a blip and right. and it is genuinely a blip and and they're able to work through that and god bless those people to be able to do that um but at some point you have to to you know what are you teaching your children right you know what that a lot of people go through that what are you are you as a woman am i teaching my daughter it's okay for a man to treat you that way Mm -hmm. am i teaching my sons you can do that and there's no repercussions right and everything's going to pretend like it's okay
1: that's the dual-edged sword it's showing your daughter one thing right and it's showing your sons a a, a different thing but it's the same lesson but it's come it's cutting different ways yeah and because now as a man i can i can have extramarital affairs she'll forgive me and take me back Right, you know, and I can and, and I can be a repeat offender,
4: and that and that's okay. I mean, it's it's hard. Divorce is hard. Yeah, and and I think we have to be careful. Everything it's all hard, mm-hmm. and and I don't think that we just need to be judging, you know, going around and and judging people and looking down our noses at people. But there's a fine line because we are called to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. If you're Christian, right. I mean, and, and if you're not a Christian, then I don't, how would we expect them to behave any differently? Mm-hmm. Of course, it, it's going to be like that. Right. They don't have a, a compass right. anymore. Right. Um, but when we just turn a blind eye to things, as we're seeing in a lot of churches, I mean, we're no different than the world.
1: I, I always look at the, the woman at the well, you know, and, and when Jesus said, oh, yeah. well, you're not only like – you know, this is not the guy, the guy you're living with, not your Even husband. Even now. He knew her, heaven. he knew her history, mm-hmm. but yet, you know, he reached out to her.
4: But you can change. It can be different for and, you. And
1: she changed her community. Right. Because she went, I've seen world. a man who, who told me everything I've done, but yet he still loves me.
4: Right. Exactly. You know,
1: it, this is the Messiah, the one that we've heard about. Yeah, but we, mean, don't, like, we don't, we wow. don't talk about that anymore. Right. right. Yeah.
4: yeah. It, w- would it be that we did? Hmm. For Amen. sure. Amen to that. Uh, I know. Uh, Alabama woman was shocked mm. when uh, she went into the Goodwill. and Oh, this uh, is the I rare love, find, I love, a, eh? I love me a Goodwill. Yeah, yeah man, we've had a few here. Absolutely. Uh, she she went into the Goodwill. She was doing some shopping. Her girlfriend said, uh, hey, they've got like a, a wedding section over here. Nice. And the 21-year-old who's engaged. Mm-hmm found this beautiful wedding gown that fit her like a glove. Right. It was twenty five bucks. Wow. She th- she th- said said, I've got it, I've certainly worth twenty five dollars. Sure. Um so she got put the dress on, tried it on, so beautiful. Then they started doing some research on the dress. The dress sells for over six thousand oh, dollars. Lord of mercy. Yes. Um, and there
1: are companies that's all they do is they crank out expensive dresses
4: right mm-hmm. right she said she all she could see was the friends episode where monica rachel and phoebe are hanging out on the couch and wedding dresses uh <laughs> she said she was picturing an old 80s throwback but uh when she showed me the dress i couldn't believe how it fit doing some research they found it was a gala lava la Havre dress gown no, wedding kidding. gown mm. that retailed for more than six thousand dollars wow. The label has been worn by the likes of Beyonce and wow. Paris Hilton. Holy cow! Um, she mentioned to her roommate that when her time comes to get married, she didn't know if she would be able to find a dress that fit both of her both her expensive taste and her budget well dang she did it yeah she <laughs> and then absolutely she could sell did. it for whatever i know i know it's it's uh got pearl and rhinestone accents wow uh beautiful train that's not too long mm-hmm. she says how it ended up at the goodwill um is uh, you know it was a sample at a bridal shop from louisiana apparently well, that's a, a, that's so crazy. That's a
1: good story. That is a good story. That's a, I love
4: that one. Six thousand dollar wedding dress for twenty five bucks. Now that's a bargain. Yeah,
0: that's the truth. I'll take it. You put it on your toast and on the radio at daybreak. The Morning Jam, six to nine a.m. It's 9 a.m. Life-, Life hack Thursday on the Morning Jam. Morning Jam.
1: Problem solved.
4: Yeah, that's
0: right. I got you. We're
4: going away this weekend, so I've been packing. Okay, yeah. And unpacking and then packing again and unpacking because I'm kind of in between. Okay. You know, not really summer, not really
1: full on fall. Well, fall starts officially. I I know.
4: So I I feel like I can start breaking out some of those colors and stuff and like little cute boots and things like that. Yeah. Um, So I've got some traveling life hacks for you. If you, uh, if you're wanting to, to take jewelry with you, but you don't want things to get all tangled up, ladies, I get it. Uh, something that works very well are like the little pill keepers. How about that? That you, like the little strips. And yeah, then you I'm can, looking at the picture now. Yeah, it's a great idea. Put your rings or your earrings or your necklaces in there and then and sell them all out. And then they slip in very easily yeah. and they're not going to get tangled and, sure. and take up a, a lot of uh, a lot of room that way. Okay. So, I mean, you know, that's that's just one of the things that you can do. Uh, to To get that, uh, how about your your curling irons? Sometimes that can be uh, a, a problem. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to keep track of them, uh, especially inside your luggage if you're storing them. Uh, you could a good tip is to put them inside kitchen mitts. That way, the large part of the curling huh. iron will be protected and cushioned against shocks. Uh, not going to get broken that type of thing, and it's going to be easy for you to find. Also, if you're using it. Like right before you right. go out and it's still a little bit warm. It's not going to burn anything. You slip it down the mitt, you throw it in there. I
1: like that. There
4: you go. So we're going away. Right. Uh, because we're going to go see Misery in, this weekend yeah, yeah. at Barter Theater. Right. Misery, of course, a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. I love me some Stephen King. Right. I read an article about him. Um he has a very inspirational story. I don't know if you know a lot about I, Stephen King. I, I do not. So, in 1973, he was living with his uh, wife, Tabby, in a double-wide trailer. Okay. He was driving a rust-bucket Buick held together with baling wire and duct tape. Okay. He taught English at a private high school in eastern Maine. Mm-hmm. His wife worked second shift at the Dunkin Donuts.: Really, wow. To scrape by, King worked summers at an industrial laundry, okay and moonlighted as a janitor and a gas pump attendant. He had a toddler and a newborn to feed. Money and time to write fiction were hard to come by. He couldn't even afford his own typewriter, so the running joke was he married Tabby because she had a typewriter. Oh wow, well, yeah, that's funny. Uh, she set up a makeshift desk in the laundry room, fitting it between the washing machine and the dryer, mm-hmm. and she would watch the children and cook dinner and okay. to give him time to write. Interesting. And the early t- returns weren't very promising. Apparently, he would get by, he would write these short stories, and he would be featured in like Playboy, Penthouse, Cavalier. He would get lucky every now and then, they'd pick up one of his short stories, and he would get a check. Interesting. But not the dream job. That wasn't what he wanted to do. It was right for Playboy and Penthouse. Uh, One day, the English department gave King an offer he couldn't refuse. They needed a new faculty advisor, and the job was his for the taking. It would pay an extra $300 per year, which wasn't a lot. But at that time, it would have covered the family's grocery bills for 10 weeks. Okay. When he came home, he thought Tabby would be enthusiastic about the news. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you have time to write. And he said, not much. And then she said, well, you can't take it then. Wow. It was his wife that, that said, mm, no. She saw something in him sure. that that was special. Hmm. There was a running joke. At, at, I told you about the, the typewriter. And he says it's partly true. Um, they met in college. They were both writers. When he... He started flourishing in the nudie magazine world, but he he mm-hmm. didn't like that. Uh, one writer sent him, or one of his readers sent him a thing saying, "You write all these macho things. You could never write about women. You're scared of them." Interesting. Wow. He took that as a challenge. How about that? And he started writing Carrie. No way. Yes. Wow. So. He, of course, the homely high schooler mm-hmm. could control objects with her mind. He had read uh, uh, some things about the kinetic, telekinetic powers and that kind of mm-hmm. got him started. Uh, but he was—he said it was just a nightmare. He wrote it out. He balled it up. He threw it in the garbage. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. His wife dug it out of the, out of the garbage uh-huh. and read it. And he said and, and brought it to him and said, you need to, you need to keep writing this. And it was based on two, Carrie was based on two girls that he went to school with that were very bullied and died young because they were were bullied and and treated very badly. So he had inspiration that way. Right. But his wife helped him write Carrie from that perspective. Isn't that cool? That is cool. She said, you've got something I really think you do. She helped him kind of get those nuances there. Mm -hmm. Then he said, one day, it was fifth period, And he was grading papers, and his name came over the PA system. Stephen King, are you there? Stephen King, come to the office. You have a phone call from your wife. Now, he knew this was either very bad news or very good news because they didn't have a telephone. Ah. There was no telephone. Wow. Uh, She would have to get the kids dressed, drag them to the neighbor's house, and call from there, which wasn't close by, apparently. That's when she was able to tell him that the editor of Doubleday had picked up Carrie, Hmm. Congratulations, twenty five hundred dollar advance. Okay, the future lies ahead. Love, Bill. Hmm. So they were out of the double wide. Hmm. They got a car, mm-hmm. and and you know they had money for groceries. It's so interesting to see yeah. successful people like that, and sure. we're, we think they're just successful, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they really have to work hard, right, for it. And
1: the, and this is the cynic in me. Okay, mm-hmm. not not against Stephen King, but. That story can't happen now because little government and big government and every government in between is ready to give you a helping hand and not yeah. allow you to struggle a little bit to I mean, they right. worked hard. Yeah. Like you said, they yeah. they Yeah. They, they weren't given a whatever. Right. They had well, to and, work for it. And
4: even after he got carry, mm-hmm. it, it sold like thirteen thousand copies or something. Right. It wasn't not a lot. No, right. it wasn't. It kinda of ran its course mm-hmm. and um and but then he said he got a call. Said the paperback rights to carry went to Signet Books for four hundred thousand dollars, half of that's yours. Wow. So none of And that, that got was, turned into a movie. And then it got turned into a, a movie. And then you know uh, he said literally his legs went out from under him when when they told him that. Yeah. He literally lost. He, he had to. He had to sit down. Um, yeah. And there he said there was no way to share the news with. Uh, she had gone and taken the kids to their grandmother's house. Right. And so, and he went and bought his wife a Mother's Day present. She never had an engagement ring. He went and bought her an engagement ring. Oh,
1: that's cool. I know. It's such I, a cool story. That is a story. neat story. I I'm love not stories a big, like that. I'm not a big fan of that kind of genre of film and or books. But, but you
4: can't deny no, his No, that talent. is a great
1: story. Oh, no, I don't deny it. No, his no, talent No, I don't deny is, it. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that really love what he does, and you know, I'm excited but that's such about a seeing story. misery
4: uh, this weekend yeah, yeah. with that. Um, but I just think it's, I think it's interesting. And if you open any edition of Carrie, it's always got the same dedication. This mm. is for Tabby, who got me into it and then bailed me out of it. I oh, that. I just thought that was Went a Went cool into story. the
1: trash can to get into it. Said, you got to keep and going. said,
4: nope, you can't do that. You know, God that? puts it, people in our paths to, uh, to help us with things mm-hmm. like that. Hmm. I just. I just thought that was a great story. Yeah, it's always good. fun to see where people have have come from, mm-hmm. and it's cool mm-hmm. when they acknowledge the people that help get them. Yes,
1: they help get them there. Yeah, there humble humble beginnings, mm-hmm. and and I'm not saying that people that get a government assistance can't go on to thrive. That's not my point. No, it's just you know we think government has to hand us everything. It
4: doesn't go out there it's and okay do. Okay, to be hungry for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I and, mean, do you? I remember. When I moved to Lynchburg, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any family here or anything, mm-hmm. and I was making $150 a week. Wow. That's what I was making was $150 a week. I had a little apartment uh, just off of River- Rivermont, mm-hmm. a little basement apartment. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I would lay in bed and go, oh, my gosh, you know, I've only got this much money to live on. How am mm-hmm. I going to, mm-hmm. you know, how am I going to get that? And there was one time that I had a doctor, uh, I had an electric bill I had to pay. Mm-hmm. And and I needed forty five dollars to be able to pay that that electric bill, Mm -hmm. because after I saw the bill, I I completely turned off the electricity. I was like, well, I can't afford heat. That's not going to happen. And the next day and i I prayed and prayed all night. The next day I had a refund check from Nationwide for forty five dollars. How about that? And I was able. I mean, it's so
1: the Lord knew that one. Yeah.
4: You just (laughs) don't know until you go through stuff like that. Those are the things you don't forget.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You just
4: don't forget it. Well, and don't. my parents would have helped me. But, sure. You know. But you wanted to try to little, make it. right, yeah, A little yeah. prideful, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's okay.
1: <laughs> well, one thing's for sure. Make today awesome.
4: Yes. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow morning, guys. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Taylor going to be joining us tomorrow on the yep, show.
1: He is. And it's going to be Friday Funnies as yes, well. So absolutely. that'll be cool. Until then.